But I want to welcome all of you guys again to church. Welcome those in the room. And then I forgot earlier, I want to welcome those online as well. I love that we can join together. Love that the internet is working, that we would be able to stream out this morning. Uh, So it's just an incredible morning this morning. And I enjoy that we can join together in the most blessed air condition. Come on, somebody. Anybody enjoying? (coughs) And so I heard a quote one time in college. And it stuck with me uh, all throughout the years. And that is there are two types of people in the world. There are those who have problems and there are those who are about to have problems. Come on, somebody. And I just thought that is uh, just a word for Louisiana. That seems to be our motto all throughout the month of August and September. And I apologize today. Uh, I have been losing my breath a little bit in the last couple of days and then just have to drink a lot of water. So if I stop to drink water, you guys all take a break uh, and drink some too. We got free water out in the foyer. If you didn't grab water during the break, send one of those victory kids out there to get you some water. All right. So like those. But I'm happy we can be back together this morning. Go ahead and look at the person next to you and tell them you look good this morning. Come on, tell them that. All right. Now look back at the other person and say, thank you very much. I got ready in the dark. Come on, somebody. I know some of you got power back on. We've had power for about a day now. And so uh, it's been, I decided I'll never take it for granted again. So we've been sitting, just sitting there in front of the vent for about a day, about 24 hours out of the last 24 hours, just sat there in front of the air conditioned vent and got myself sick. We just all decided we're going to do that. But I know it's been a rough week, so I thought we would have a little fun here at the beginning. And after a week like this, I thought we would make a list together of all the things that went wrong this week. All right, everybody? I just thought that would be a fun thing to do in church. And so drum roll without further ado. The first thing that went wrong this week, first thing that failed on us, Cox, entered. Come on, somebody. We failed. And we're going to make a list. Some of your blood pressure just went up by seeing this image up here. on the So we, we added that one in the last hour. We just thought we'd throw that one in. All right, the next one is the obvious. Come on, somebody. Demko. Come on. And I would just like to say that as much as I'm mad at Demco, the linesmen that came and fixed everything made it up. All right, everybody. They, they, have, they have evened the scales a little bit. Some of you have no bone to pick with Demco because you have villain number three, and that is energy. Come on, somebody. Where's my logo at? Come on. I heard this week that energy is going to be changing their name. Come on. Where's my picture? They're changing their, their name to eventually. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's just a rumor that's going around. I don't know. It just, I think that's what they're going to be they're changing. All right, next one. If you can't laugh, you cry, everybody. You understand that, right? If you can't laugh at it. What's our next? We couldn't pick one gas station. They all failed us this week, all right? Every last one of them. So we put all the logos up there. I thought we would give a prize to the person who waited the longest in gas. I thought we would try to figure that out. But I just feel like all of us would win that prize this week, all right? So just go ahead and know you have a pat on the back from us. That's your prize for that. All right, now next up, the biggest villain of all. Come on, (laughs) AT&T. Where are my AT&T people at? Where are you guys at? Now, if you lived here, if we lived here during the 2016 flood, this one's on us. All right, everybody? Because we knew who these people were. We already, we already knew this one's not, not their fault. We are, they already showed us exactly who they are in the middle of a crisis. And so it just happened again to us, everybody. I, somebody sent me a list of cell carriers in Louisiana, the best ones, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint. Come on, somebody. And then now near the bottle, you had two tin cans with a string between them, right? And then you had smoke signals, and then you had AT&T, all right? Then you, that's just how the list goes here in Louisiana 
It'd be funny if it wasn't true. Come on, somebody. It would just be love. And we saved the worst for last. Who failed us the most this week? Come on, somebody. Throw me up there. <laughs> we move fast around here. I don't know if you realize that, but we are, we're quick on our toes when we throw that. I stayed up late last night to watch the monstrosity. It's going to be a lot worse than some of you people think this season, all right? Some of you dewy-eyed optimists, you think things are going to get better. I promise you, I watched that game. It's only downhill from here, all right, everybody? I sent my kids to sleep because I needed to, to vent some things that I didn't need my children around to vent, all right? So it just, it went really well last night, really holy in my house. And those, But those are our villains today. I apologize if I got your, your blood pressure and temper up a little bit after that. Look, I don't know what failed for you this week. I don't know if it was Demco or Energy or FEMA or the government or I don't know what went wrong for you this week. I, listen, I don't know what may have fallen through for you. It may have nothing to do with the storm. I, I don't know what you may have lost. I don't know what person may have let you down. I don't know what season you're going through. I don't know what happened that maybe failed for you this week. But here's what I do know. And that is, as Christians, we are called to have a different perspective when those things fail. And not so much in the funny ones. Come on, somebody, because I'm going to have the same perspective for LSU all season long. But in these moments of failure... In these moments when we're betrayed, I don't know what thing happened to you. I don't know if there was somebody that was supposed to love you and they betrayed you. I don't know, I don't know what maybe you were walking through, but, and I don't know how you responded to it. I don't know what perspective you had when it happened. But here's what I do know. As Christians, we're called to have a different perspective than the one that we expect. Or maybe, listen to me, the one that we're comfortable expressing. Because it's difficult to express the perspective we're supposed to have as Christians. We'll start in 1 Thessalonians today. Because all I know is as soon as internet came back, as soon as we got AT&T or Cox, as soon as it came back in power, most of us jumped on whatever social media platform we could access and joined the shout of complaints that were being broadcast across the stratosphere. I don't know about you. I'm not stepping on any toes today. I know myself. As soon as we got connected back with the world, we were ready to unleash our complaints. But the Bible calls us to a different perspective. First Thessalonians, it says, be thankful. Give thanks in all circumstances. Watch this. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. How many wish he had a different will for us than give thanks in all circumstances? How many wish Christ Jesus had a different will for us than this? But the Bible says, give thanks. Be thankful in every circumstance. For this is the will of Christ Jesus. Now watch what he's not saying. He's not saying you go around wishing that bad things would just happen to you all the time. All right? You don't go around saying, I wish two trees had fallen on my house instead of just one. I wish Demco would just skip my street because I just need more time without power. Right? You don't go around doing that. If that's your mentality, you don't need church. You need therapy. All right, Everybody, I'll just tell you that right now. But what he is saying is when these things happen, in every circumstance, give thanks. In every circumstance, give thanks. In every circumstance, as Christians, as things come, remember where your strength comes from in Christ Jesus and give thanks in the midst of those circumstances. And so today, I want to walk through what my own personal way is of doing that. It's a little different this morning. This is just something that I keep in my devotion for the last probably seven or eight years that I just go to, a list that I go to when I'm in the midst of something like that that allows me to give thanks in the middle of the circumstance. And so I just want to share that with you. If you're taking notes, you can jot some of these down. If you want to pull up the Victory app, we've got them all listed there. You can just fill in the blank. But this is just something I want to share with you as your pastor, something that we can use to give thanks in every circumstance, something that we can go to. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
And so when you're in the midst of a circumstance like that, you can go to a lot of places for encouragement to try to get that encouragement. You can run to people, you can run to things, you can check your balance in your bank. You can go a lot of places to try to get encouragement. But the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Romans 15 says that all of scripture was written that we could encourage ourselves that we may have hope. That when we encourage ourselves in the word of God, that we have hope. And so I don't know in this week, instead of focusing or looking at what is failing around us this morning, I want to give you some things today, this morning, that do not fail. I want, instead of looking at all these things that maybe didn't come through for us, or maybe all the things that gave out, or maybe all the things that just failed us throughout this last week alone, instead of focusing on that, I want to give you things that do not fail, that we as Christians can run to when we pass through crisis after crisis after crisis. We rise above our circumstance. We say, I give thanks in the midst of it. We get above our circumstance. We have a different perspective. We say, I give thanks in the middle because people and possessions and companies, I promise, will always fail you. I promise you, you put your faith in anything apart from Jesus, they will always, always fail you. At some point, they're going to give out, but there are things that do not fail. So first one this morning, jot it down if you're taking some notes. God's word does not fail. The word of God does not fail. And where are my victory kids at today? This was their verse all throughout August. He said, the word of the Lord that came to you, every promise of God, Joshua said, that he spoke to you, did not fall aside. Every promise came to pass. Everything that he said to you, children, everything he said to you has come to pass. Jesus said, everything, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The word of God does not fail. The word of God has given you every promise God has made to you. Because the God we serve doesn't just give you a promise and then kind of cross his fingers and hope that it comes to pass. The word that God gives you, he's not that kind of a God that just kind of gives you a thing. Well, Ben, I hope it comes to pass for you. Wish you all the best. It sounds like it'd be a good thing if it ever happened. It's not the God that we serve. The promises God gives us do not fail. The word that God speaks does not fail. Second one this morning, God's compassion and mercy do not fail. Lamentations 3, it says, it's because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions do not fail. You're hearing this, everybody. God's love and compassion does not fail. Even in the midst of the storm, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The love and compassion of God does not fail. The next one this morning, what we do for God will not fail. The things that we do for God. Matthew chapter 6, he says, lay up for yourselves. This is Jesus talking. Treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Listen to me, where hurricane winds cannot touch. Come on, somebody. Where the floods and the storms can't even come close. Lay yourself treasure in heaven. Where these things can't even get close to destroying. He says, forget about the things on earth. That stuff will fail you anyways. Moth and rust and thieves, that stuff is temporary. But put your eyes, set your eyes. The things we do for God will not fail. And this is my own private humor. You may laugh at this or you may not. But a couple of weeks ago, I had a learning experience uh, with my son, Elijah, my oldest. He's eight now. And I had this moment where he was upset about something that he wasn't allowed to have. And so I had my goody, goody, two shoes voice on. Come on, parents. When you're teaching a lesson, you know that voice you use. Come on. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's just, just my voice that I use. But I was explaining to him how the Bible talks about we need to be content with the things that we have and the things that happen to us. Come on. You know where this is going. And so I'm explaining that to him, and he's not really getting it because I'm probably not explaining it all that well. And so I'm trying my best to do that. And so I'm trying to tell him how God, Paul talks about in the New Testament, how I have a lot and I have a little, and I've learned to be content in whatever state I find myself in. 
And how many know, I don't know, it's just me personally, or it might happen for you as well. Anytime I get up on my high horse, God comes along to smack me off of it. All right, everybody? That just seems to be the way he works with me. Because can I tell you this last week, sleeping five hour, five days in the hot, hot, and going and trying to find gas for three hours, contentment is not the virtue that I am exemplifying. I may teach it very well to my kids, but I promise you in this last week, I was not exemplifying contentment with my situation and the things that have happened to me. On Wednesday, I was at Home Depot when they brought out a pallet of those portable air conditioners from the back when about 50 of us are all around. They started cutting the plastic off. Grace and mercy for my fellow man is not what I was showing in Home Depot. They're like, like doorbusters on Black Friday. We're all just clawing and screaming and just scrapping. It was not grace and mercy and contentment. It's not what rose up in my heart in that moment. Because we can talk a good talk. We can spit a good game, everybody. But when the, when the rubber hits the road... It shows what comes out inside of us. And for me, it was trying to figure out how can I be comfortable? How can I meet my needs? How can I figure out how I can make myself comfortable in my circumstances? It wasn't contentment with the things that have happened to me. And yet that's the Bible, the perspective it teaches us to have. There's an image in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that talks about the final judgment for Christians. Now, this is not talking about your salvation. Your salvation is in Christ alone. But there's imagery in 1 Corinthians that talks about at the end, after your salvation, there is a judgment that happens on everyone's works, on what you did for God in this life. And it says you're allowed to build whatever it is, your life. You're allowed to build with whatever materials you'd like to build with. But then at the end of it, it all passes through the fire of that judgment. And you can choose if you want to build with wood or hay or stubble or gold, whatever you'd like to build with. But all of it is going through the fire. And I love that imagery of that verse because the only things that last through that fire are the things that we do for God, the things that have eternal value. Because you can spend your whole life building a facade, but when it goes through the fire, the only things that last are the things we do for God, the only things that remain. And so I would encourage you, even in the midst of a storm, keep your eyes set on eternity. Keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes away from selfishness. Keep your eyes away from looking always inward and how can I make myself comfortable because it doesn't last everybody. You may get some things back that you lost this week, but it's just temporary. It's just temporary. We keep our eyes set on that. What we do for God does not fail. And you say, well, how can we begin to live that? First Timothy chapter 6 says, you brought nothing into this world. I can assure you, you will take nothing out. It's all temporary. You say, well, how do I begin to live then? How do I do those things? Later on in that chapter, verse 11, uh, verse 11 of 1 Timothy, it says, but as for you, O man of God, O woman of God, go back to that one, O man of God, O woman of God, O child of God, flee these things, these temporary things that we put so much effort into. He doesn't say just leave them to the side for a little while, then come back. He says, run away from these things. Run away from those temporary things, those things that don't satisfy, those things that fail anyways. And he says, pursue righteousness, Godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. When things are failing around you, where do we set our eyes? On those things that are failing, we set our eyes on heaven. We set our eyes on what we can do for God. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And that leads me to our next one. That is the promise of eternal life does not fail. We set our eyes on something above. The promise of eternal life does not fail. Jesus said, I give unto you eternal life. And they that perish, they'll they perish, they'll never, never perish. That eternal life is secure in him. He says, no one will be able to pluck them out of my hand. 
Eternal life does not fail. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, We set our eyes, our citizenship in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us have forgotten where our citizenship is. Some of us forget in the storms of life when things fail us, in the storms of life when things fall out from underneath us, when the rug is pulled out. Some of us forget where our citizenship actually is. We get our eyes off of heaven and we fix them on the here and now. We forget that there is a life after this life, something we're living for, secure in him. And we put our eyes on those things that are falling apart. And I'm guilty of this as well, where we just get our eyes off of eternity and we get them on the here and now. The promise of eternal life does not fail. In the midst of the storms of this life, we have to remember where our eyes need to be set. Remember where our hope is anchored. Remember what comes after this life, what actually matters. Because I guarantee if your hope is in people, it will fail. If your hope is in possessions, I promise you, it will fail. If your hope is in the government or your hope is in your own strength or your hope is in your bank account, whatever it is, anything apart from Jesus, I promise it will fail. But we as Christians, we're called to set our eyes above. Don't get caught up in selfishness. Don't get caught up in doing things always for yourself, always looking out for number one. Don't get caught up in that church. I promise you, it will fall through. You put all of your trust in that, all your strength in that, it will fail you. The promise of eternal life does not fail. Next one this morning, love does not fail. You know the imagery from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says that the whole chapter, if I have all these things, but I don't have love, I have nothing. If I have strength, if I have tongues, if I have all these spiritual things, if I have all these things, but I don't have love, I have nothing. I'm just a a tingling cymbal or a a bringing brass. I, I have nothing if I don't have love. He says everything else will pass away. Prophecies, they'll fail. He says, if all these things, knowledge, it passes away. But there's three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. And then he says, the greatest of these is love. I promise you, love does not fail. And it leads us to our last one as we close today. And that is that God does not fail. God does not fail. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous, for it is the Lord your God. Don't be in fear or dread. Don't live in fear and dread. It says, for it's the Lord your God who goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You put your faith in people, they'll leave you. They'll betray you. You put your faith in possessions, I promise they'll run out and they'll fail. You put your faith in the stock market, it'll crash. You put your faith in your own strength, it will give out on you. You put your faith in anything apart from him, but it's the Lord your God who goes with you. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. God does not fail. He does not fail. A few years before World War II Japan invaded northern China. And it wasn't part of the world wars. This was just a separate invasion. But there was a small orphanage of about 100 girls in northern China, led by a missionary named Gladys Allward. And they realized, as Japan's invading forces began to march deeper into the northern part of the country, they realized that they were going to have to evacuate. They were going to have to get out with the shirts on their back and to flee into the mountains. And so they gathered all of the girls as quickly as they could. They grabbed whatever supplies they could see on the shelves and they ran into the mountains to evacuate southward. And as the journey became more difficult and more difficult as they went and supplies began to run out, Gladys Allward would gather around her in those mountains some of the older girls and she would begin to express the doubts that she had about the journey. And she began to tell them, and, and one day she was feeling particularly down, and she gathered them, and she went to one of the oldest girls, and she told her, I don't think that we can make it. I don't think that we're going to do it, because they had toddlers and infants and all girls of all ages climbing in the mountains. And she said, I don't think that I have the strength even to do this. 
I think we're going to die here in the mountains. And that girl looked at Gladys Allward and she said, but remember, Mrs. Allward, remember the stories that you told to us. Remember how you told us how Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and rescued them from Pharaoh. Remember, Mrs. Allward, how you told us that Moses led them through the Red Sea and then to the promise. Remember, Mrs. Allward, remember how you told us how Moses led them to safety. You can too. And Glass Allward, she writes in her book, she says, I looked at that little girl and I told her, thank you for that. That's encouraging. That really is. Thank you for that word. But I have to tell you something. I'm not Moses. And she said, that little girl looked at her and said, I know you're not Moses, Mrs. Allward. I know you're not. But God is still God. But God is still God. Listen to me, church. I know you're not Moses. I know you're not Esther or Abraham or Paul. It doesn't matter. One thing I do know is that God is still God. And God does not fail. Every head bowed as we pray today. Lord, I thank you that you do not fail us in the midst of the storm. God, I thank you that you do not fail us in the midst of these. That everything we put our trust, everything else, God, may fail us, but you do not fail God, that you, what you've given, Lord, the promises you've given, every word you've spoken does not fail. God, that you are still with us in the midst of the hard times, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you are the anchor to our souls. We thank you for that. We love you today. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. Whether you're here in the room or maybe you're watching online, maybe you're listening this morning and you realize that the things that you put your trust in have failed you. Maybe you're living your life and you realize that the things that you've placed your trust in have fallen through. Maybe somebody was supposed to love you and they betrayed you instead. Or maybe you put your trust in your bank account or in your possessions or in your job and you had the rug pulled out from underneath you. Or maybe you placed all of the the trust of your life into something that didn't come through. And you're realizing today that everything that you've put all your trust in has failed you. And you're realizing today that you've got nothing left. I want you to know something. There's someone who does not fail. Someone who does not fail. There's a God who loves you. And I don't care what anybody else has told you. He still wants you. And so whatever it is you went through, it may not have been this week. It may just be a season. It may have been your life. It may have been just one thing after another. Whatever it is you've been through that's failed you, I want you to know that God loves you and he never, ever fails. And I just feel like this is for somebody that people have told you over and over and over that there's no way God could ever want you. And the people have told you over and over, there's no way they could ever want you. There's no way anybody could ever. I want you to know God loves you and he wants you. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of the cross, that Christ died for us. It wasn't after we had cleaned ourselves up. It wasn't after we had made ourselves somehow better or more holy. It wasn't after we had gone through some process. It wasn't after any of that. It says while we were enemies, while we were diametrically opposed to God, he died for us. I want you to know he loves you and he wants you. But the Bible says he didn't stay dead. He rose again from the dead that anyone 
that anyone, including you, including me, that anyone could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. And so with every head bowed, if that's you today, if you're tired of trusting in things that fail, if you want eternal life in Jesus, I want to pray with you. If you're tired of putting your trust in something that cannot satisfy, if you're tired of placing your faith and your trust in things that cannot satisfy, if you're tired of putting your trust in things that only fail you anyways, if you say, I want eternal life in Jesus, I want to put my faith in Him, I just want to pray with you today. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to make you stand or come to the front. I'm not in this to embarrass you. I want to connect you with Jesus. And so if that's you today, I want to give you the words. I can help you with the prayer. You have to say them and you have to mean them. So come on, church, let's pray with those. Those who are in the room, those who are watching online, all of us together, no one prays alone. Say these words, say, Jesus, save me. I repent of all my sin. I turn to you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate with those who made that decision today?